is the Stay at Home Mom Yarai podcast. You are about to listen to my mom. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like it, please give it five stars. Thank you. and welcome to the Stay at Home Mom Yeah Right podcast. I'm Sarah Smith, your host, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Keisha Greaves. She is the founder of Girls Chronically Rock, owner of the nonprofit Trust Your Abilities. She's a podcast host, and at the age of 24, she was diagnosed with limb girdle muscular dystrophy, and her life changed. But far from being bogged down by it, Keisha decided not only to embrace it, but to celebrate muscular dystrophy and other chronic illnesses, giving life to her dream of starting a fashion line. Today, Keisha is a motivational speaker who talks about spreading awareness of muscular dystrophy, balancing life with chronic illnesses, raising money for causes, advocating for disability, and other related topics. Keisha has been featured in several media outlets like Good Morning America, The Today Show, ABC News, and more. One of her proudest moments is when she was featured on Today's Style Heroes 2018. She was featured with other celebrities like Gabrielle Union, Drew Barrymore, Deborah Messing, Mindy Kaling, and more for her inspired clothing line. Welcome to my podcast, Keisha. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. It is my honor. I'm thrilled to have you. How has this um, last year been, this past year been for you and your family? in the pandemic? I'm sure the pandemic has been crazy. I pretty much, as soon as it started, I was like, I'm staying inside, you know, because I'm like, I have a muscular dystrophy disability. So I kind of feel like I was at higher risk. But you know, I'm the type that when I go shopping too, I always stock up. I buy two of everything. So I was one of those that I had everything. So that was a good thing. And then my cousins would always tease me like, oh yeah, Keisha, you're ready for the end of the world. And I'm like, yeah, see, now you, <laughs> when you guys used to laugh at me when I stocked up and buy double toilet paper, double water. It was like I was all set in that department. But of course, it was still nerve working, you know, because it's like I didn't really get to see like like my family, my building, because it is like older, like elderly disability in the building. So it's like no visitors really couldn't come in. It was uh-huh. tough. Like I couldn't I had to like say hi to my mom, like from the window. So, of course, uh-huh. it was like totally tough. You know, I chatted with her every day, but. It was hard, you know, and I'm just like, what is going to happen? And I'm like, I really thought like, because I didn't know I was like a huge fan of um, I watch Walking Dead. So I'm like, are we all about to be zombies? Like what is about to happen? But but, you know, I I, we made it through, but it it was tough. Wow. So have you since been able to see your family? I know we're almost two years into the pandemic, but. Yeah. Yes, been able to see them on um, visitors. They started opening up and I was so happy they came to the building to give us vaccinated. So I'm fully Good. vaccinated. I got my booster and everything. So I kind of I feel more confident and, you know, going out and I still wear my mask and everything, although I'm vaccinated. Yeah. I'm like, Because you never know. People still get it with, you know, even though you're vaccinated. So. So, yeah, we're at a better place than we were before. Yeah, I'm a, I'm the same way. I wear my mask everywhere I go, and I look. I kind of look at people who don't wear masks. I, I'm like, okay, stay away, yeah. please, because they're it's all the like, other variants on. that are coming. You know, it's scary. Yeah, I'm like this. This thing is not stopping. <laughs> I know, I know. So you found out um, you had muscular dystrophy later in life. What is the average age that someone finds out that they have it? Um, average age, according from what I've learned, is some people get it from at childhood birth, and then mm-hmm. some people that I've 
um, met along the way have had the same symptoms that I had that they got it um, later in the adult life in the early 20s. So it's kind of like just so bizarre. So it's like it seems like it's common for later in the 20s and then for my childhood birth. But I was total shocked when I was, you know, when I heard that the news that I got muscular dystrophy. Um, how did you find out that you had it? Um, yeah, so it pretty much I started to get really weird symptoms within my body where I would be walking and my leg would kind of just give out. And so from then on, I just thought like maybe I just needed to lose weight. I was like, oh, no big deal, kind of brushing it off. But it just kept on happening. And then what really struck me, my mom and sister, was that we was at the supermarket. I'm pushing the car. Literally, we're leaving. And my leg, boom, gives out on me. And so it was at that moment. And like when I fell, I was kind of like a dead weight. It wasn't like I was able to hop back up like, you know, like probably a normal person would and kind of like get back on their feet. So I remember a man came over and had to help me get up because I think my mom and sister could not because it was like when I fell, I was like a dead weight. So it was at that moment, my mom was like, you know, let's go maybe go see an orthopedic out here in Boston at Tufts Medical. So I'm like, okay, still not really thinking anything much. I'm like, right. we go see the orthopedic. We go in, I lie on the bed, regular examination. And they kind of come in and they asked me to raise my right leg. And the right leg kind of would not extend out like how it normally should. Same thing with the left. So they just kind of looked at each other puzzled like, hmm, this is like, you know, abnormal so they're like, you know what? I think you maybe need to see a neurologist. So I'm just like, okay, still not really thinking anything of it. I go see a neurologist out here in Cambridge at Mount Auburn Hospital. And then from there, we go straight to it, Dr. Catherine Wang. And I still see her to this day. I love her. And we get so many test things like MRI, EKG. Mm. The most interesting of all was that I got a muscle biopsy taken out a piece of muscle from out of my right leg. Oh, wow. So that was interesting. So from that muscle biopsy, that's when she determined that I have muscular dystrophy and I would never forget that phone call. Right. Is muscular dystrophy, is, is it genetic? Does it run in people's families or is it just, it just happens? They say it's genetic, but so far nobody in my family seems to have it. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, Ma, was I switched at birth? So I'm like, nobody in my family seems to have it. Yeah, I tease them about that to this day. And I'm like, nobody seems to have it. But there are some testings that I would like to test because they said, like, although nobody in your family can have it, they said, like, say your sister or your mom or dad, they can possibly be carriers. And mm. then that's how it got passed down to you. So I guess it's like, you know, weird in that way. I'm like, it's so confusing. Can you describe what it exactly it is for people? Sure. Muscular dystrophy is pretty much when your muscles kind of deteriorate and weaken over time. So for instance, when I was first diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, I was still able to walk like, yeah, I walk with a little limp, but you know, I was still able to be independent. Um, I still work during merchandising, working in retail, standing on my feet, um, able to drive and drive my RAV4. I still miss that to this day and kind of be independent. Mm -hmm. But as time mm -hmm. went on, you know, it started to progress. I started mm -hmm. to use a cane going into work and like, you know, especially me working in the retail field, you know, I was ashamed to even say that I had muscular dystrophy because in the retail, like I had to go in the back, you know, to get climb up ladders, to get back stuck and stuff. And at a time, you know, when it started to progress, I couldn't do that. Mm. You know, and it's like, I'm like, I can't climb up. Like, so for instance, climbing up and down the stairs is like impossible for me now because I'm in a wheelchair, but someone with muscular dystrophy, it's kind of like hard to walk up and down the stairs. Like, me kind of raising my hands up, like I can't like extend them like all the way. It's kind of like halfway unless like my caregivers help extend out. But yeah, it's kind of pretty much the muscles, pretty much from your neck down to like your feet. 
pretty much weakens over time and it just deteriorates. There's no treatment. There's no cure. Right now, the only kind of treatment really is physical therapy. So I do that now, like once a week, I go to physical therapy at Spalding out here in Charlestown Mm -hmm. to just kind of strengthen those muscles. And me and my caregivers do some exercises here, but that's really only the the treatment, but there's no like medicine or anything like that. So it's not painful. It's just. Yeah, I try to. Yeah, that's a good point. People ask, is Mm -hmm. it painful? And I'm like, I don't hurt unless I like had a fall, but I'm like pretty much in that it's kind of like dead weight. I don't really feel like pain. It's just kind of like weakness, if that makes sense. It's like. You can grab my arm and it's just kind of like, you know, gravity's just going to fall it down because it's so weak. Mm. And I'm sure there are disparities in the Black community. Can you describe any that you know of? Um, yeah. So it's like I met, I'm glad I met a group of, um, you know, Black um, people from the limb girdle muscular dystrophy awareness. And so we kind of like separated and we got our own group and I started it and it's called Black Disabled Lives Matter. So, you oh, know, wow. I'm like, I kinda, yeah, because I'm like, you know, it's like, don't you? forget about us too. And I felt like that was important right. for me to even put on a t-shirt during, you know, this whole time with the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement and George Floyd. And I'm like, you know, here I am as a, a black person, but also have a disability. So I feel like I got two targets on my back. So I thought that was kind of important to kind of start that community. So it's still small now, but I'm still, you know, looking to, you know, engage and, you know, have more people come in. But yeah, so, and I'm hoping we can do like a panel or something for February for um Black History Month and, you know, do like a Black Disabled Lives Matter. I think that'll be awesome. But, you know, I definitely Absolutely. try to advocate with that and, you know, make sure that we're not forgotten as well. That's fantastic. Can you describe what a day in the life of living with muscular dystrophy is like? Sure. A day in the life of living with muscular dystrophy, I tell people it can vary. I have no control over this. Like some people will say, oh, you got this, da, 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 da. But no, yes, I got it. Mm-hmm. But I, at the end of the day, I look at it as this muscular dystrophy has control over me. Because mm-hmm. if that was the case, I wouldn't have had it to begin with. Then some days I wake up where I don't know what the body's going to feel like. My caregivers may come in and I'm like, you know, I'm too tired. Give me like you know, 20, 15 more minutes, you know, just to kind of relax. Sometimes the body just may feel like so exhausted and I feel like I don't have the energy. You know what I mean? Like there's some days when I used to stand up and be able to use the toilet transfer on my my own independently. There's some days that transfer did not work. I would fall to the floor, you know, and I would be here by myself. But good thing I have my EMT button where, you know, I would call the life alert and they would come assist me. But that was no fun. Like falling down, that also like makes the muscles weaker. Mm. So it's like people don't get it. It's like, but if I have like a bad day, if I'm feeling down, like I tell people I look towards like I'm a TV fanatic. I watch a lot of reality shows, but you know, it's like a day in a life. I, I really don't know what the body's going to feel like. And I try to best try to describe that to people. Like even when going for a shower, someone like myself, like coming out from the shower, I feel like I just finished running the Boston Marathon. That's how exhausting mm. it is. You know, just getting dressed, like how it takes us longer to put on shirt pants, you know, undergarments, like all that is longer just because, you know, the flexibility and the weakness of our arms and hands. And that's even getting help with the caregivers. It still takes a little bit of time. So yeah, that's pretty much a day in a life. It it could be exhausting, you know? So pretty much like, I'm like, all I can do is take it day by day. I stay motivated by watching my reality shows, you know, connecting, you know, with other people like yourselves and focusing on my business. Yeah. Now, can you tell me um, what reality show you're, you're binging right now? Oh my God. So I am binge watching. Well, of course I watch like Housewives of Atlanta and I'm binge watching like that Portia show right now because she has like a spinoff. And then I watch, um, I also watch like Married at First Sight. I watch 90 Day Fiance. I'm obsessed with that. 
So I'm just like, and then I love watching like 911 and like those shows. So I kind of feel like yeah. my type like kind of ranges. It's like I have a bit of everything, but it's just like I'm a fanatic. <laughs> did you did you see Tiger King? I did. I watched the first one, but I'm like, I'm okay. not watching the second one. I'm like, I can't be bothered. <laughs> Me and my daughter wasted five hours of our lives. Like one Saturday, we just sat on my couch and watched, <laughs> binge watched all five episodes. I'm like, why are we doing this? <laughs> yes, that's how I felt the first time I watched it. I'm like, that's time out of my life. I'll never get back. So you are definitely a shining overcomer. And in 2016, you started your brand, Chronically Girls Rock. Can you share everything that you do and make and are making for others? Sure. So yeah, I started Girls Chronically Rock. It was around like 2017 was when I officially launched it. Because as I mentioned, you know, first getting diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, I was in total denial. Not accepting the fact that what that doctor called and told me that day, I'm like, she called the wrong patient. Like, you know, you can't be talking Mm. about me. But just to give a little backstory, I always had a passion for fashion. I got my undergraduate degree in from Framingham State University yeah. in fashion design and merchandising. But of course, as we know, life takes a turn. But I always knew I wanted to be a business owner. So once I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, you know, it kind of put a damper on things. I was trying to figure out what does my future hold? What is going to happen? You know, so then after I started blogging, coming out my shell a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, sharing my story and symptoms, I'm like, you know what? It's time to stop putting my dreams to use, my fashion degree. And so I was like, you know what? Let me create something to help inspire and motivate others in the disability community. And I'm a huge fan of like graphic t-shirts. I love anything with like writing on it, anything that's like graffiti, inspirational quotes. So I knew I wanted to start off with a t-shirt line. And how I came up with the name is that I knew I wanted something with the word chronic for chronic illnesses in it, but I didn't know how I wanted to incorporate it all together. So I honestly just was lying lying in bed one night. That's when my most of my creative ideas come to mind. And I thought girls chronically rock. I just love the That's way it great. sounded. It's, I love the way yeah. it flowed. It sounded empowering. And then I just kind of went with it from there. I started selling the t-shirts off Etsy.com at first. And then from there, I was like, you know, it's time to start building my website, you know, more professional, like branded. And that's when I reached out to my friend because I'm still not tech savvy at all. Yeah. When it comes to the website, I'm now getting better. But, you know, yeah. he helped me build my website. And then it kind of just he helped me actually design the logo as well because wow. it was a different logo. You know, I even had back then I was even looking at some of my old photos. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that old photo. I was like, you know, now I'm in love with my new logo. And and that's how it kind of all started from there um, with T-shirts. And then now. I recently launched earlier this year an adaptive swimwear line, adaptive meaning more accessible for people with disabilities. And the reason I wanted to do a swimwear is that some people may think, you know, oh, well, swimming is just for like if you go on vacation or things like that. But I'm like, no, some of us with the disability, we go to aquatic therapy. Like for me, I go to aquatic therapy at Spalding twice a week. And when I am in the water, I feel like I am a mermaid. It's so exciting. Mm. It's so fun because I can do things in the water. I can't do on land. You know, because it's like that gravity. So you can imagine for an able-bodied person coming out from the pool, from the beach, how that bathing suit just sticks to you. And it's like, you just a hassle to take it off. So imagine someone like ourselves with a disability and I'm struggling, just trying to hold on my balance for dear life. So I was like, I wanted to create something with more accessible and more functional. So that's why I created like with the snaps, um, kind of like off the shoulder to make it easier to take mm-hmm. on and off. So I started off with that, but I'm hoping to add some a lot more designs and to kind of kind of do like a whole adaptive clothing collection for people with disabilities. Because I'm like, you know, all we just like everybody else. We want to have fun. We want to look gorgeous and we want to just be confident within our own skin. 
Absolutely. Congratulations. This is so exciting. I'm so Thank happy you. for you. Wow. <laughs> Brilliant ideas. Thank and you. And so necessary, needed and necessary, you know? Yes, it fantastic. is. Thank um, you. I have to ask you what what it was what was it like being featured among other celebrities such as G- Gabrielle Union, Jabari Moore, Deborah Messing, and more for your inspired clothing line? What was that like for you? That was like I mean the day I even seen it because I know I had pitched to the Today Show, so it's like you know sometimes when you may do a pitch, you may sometimes not hear back, and so it was like I think someone had tagged me that day like Oh Keisha, I see you on such and such, and I remember I was like in total shock. So to just have like be surprised that same day and they're like seeing oh amongst heroes like Gabriel Union and I'm like what me like little old me like <laughs> amongst them like I'm not even on their level so you know I think that was just like a true honor I felt like so you know that that motivates me when I get featured or like coming on podcasts like yours because I'm like you know it's, yeah. it gives me the opportunity to share my story and I'm like oh like people want to hear me you know so sometimes I still absolutely do myself. yeah. And sometimes so when I'm like, oh, yeah, we want to, you know, chat chat on here or be featured, you know, I get appreciative and I really honor that. And that keeps me motivated and inspired. So, yeah, that was a tonal honor. I still get shocked to that to this day. I think I printed it out and hanged it in a frame yeah. in my um, apartment here. So. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still excited about that. That's fantastic. Um, can you talk about your nonprofit, Trust Your Abilities? Sure. So actually, so the Trust Your Abilities, that nonprofit kind of like it's on the back burner for right now. But I do have another nonprofit that I'm glad oh. to talk about. It's called the GCR Adaptive Project. And I actually launched that actually last year in December. So I can't believe it's going to be a year, I think this month. So with the GCR Adaptive Project, I say it's kind of like a spinoff of the Girls Chronically Rock. With that nonprofit is where I work with universities. I'm actually working with Framingham, where yeah. I graduated from. And I am going in and teaching the students. I'm kind of trying to add the curriculum to the fashion students about adaptive fashion. Because I think that's so important. I'm like, you know, it's all about inclusion and diversity. And when I was in school, you know, we didn't learn or know anything about adaptive fashion. And of course, why would I? Because I didn't have a disability then. So it's like now I have this whole new range and whole new eyesight of things and look at the world in fashion from a whole new perspective. So I was so happy when I pitched this idea to the professors at Framingham. They were like, yeah, this is a great idea because we want to bring that inclusion to the students. So that way, when they graduate, they can get a job. And if they may ask them about adaptive fashion, they're like, oh, yeah, we did that. So it's actually yeah. tomorrow, this semester on Zoom, the students are going to be presenting their final presentations to me of the adaptive wear. So I am so excited. I'll wow. be posting pictures. So yes, oh that my is my goodness. nonprofit. Yeah. So I'm excited and I'm looking to hopefully get more colleges involved, like Mass College of Art out here in Boston. I would yes. love to get FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology. You know, so with this nonprofit, I hope to get grants and funding to help support these, buy the materials and stuff they need to create this adaptive wear. Because I'm like, some people don't know in school, the fashion department, they're not buying these materials for us. I'm like, people don't know that. Yeah, they may provide the sewing machines in the classroom, but I'm like, you know, we still got to pay for books for the other courses and then materials for the fashion department. I look back, I'm like, thank goodness for my mother. Cause I'm like, I'm sure I was a nag <laughs> calling her back then like, wow, I need this, I need that. So I'm like, you know, right. what would I have done? Cause it's expensive. So I'm hoping with yeah. this, you know, it's like, to get that grant and funding, I'm hoping maybe some fabric stores will sponsor, you know, to support, you know, these students so they can buy these materials because it's like they already had to buy them before. But now now I'm adding like adaptive wear to them. So it's like they got to buy the adaptive like zipper, adaptive magnetic snaps and mm. all this stuff that goes into it. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited about my GCR adaptive project. 
I'm excited for you. I mean, thank wow. you. <laughs> it's crazy that it took till 2021 for anybody to come out with it. Yes. You know? yep. like, and I'm glad why to see that. has it taken so long, but I'm happy that you are the one. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. I'm excited. What is your hope or advice to others living with a chronic diagnosis? Um, my advice to others, and like I say, all of us deal with things differently. Like when I was first diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, I totally shut down. I wasn't telling any family or friends, totally, you know, didn't want to go out, you know, so I was in total denial. You cannot tell me I had muscular dystrophy. Even when I started using a cane, going to work or interviews, I would tell them, oh, I sprayed my ankle or I was in a car accident. So I, I was saying everything but. But there's some people that, you know, they first get a diagnosis and they totally embrace it. Like, you know, they go make a YouTube channel right away. So I'm like, that's so inspiring and motivating to me. I'm like, wow, you're dope. So we all deal with things differently. But I would say just kind of like take your time. You know, I can't even tell the next person, oh, you'll be fine. Like, you know, do right. this and do that because you don't know what it's like until you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know how I was going to handle it till that day I got that phone call. So it's just another thing that helped for me. I tell recommend like join support groups. Cause like I always say, yes, I get the support of family and friends, but there's nothing like talking to somebody else who understands and know what it's like living with muscular dystrophy every day. And I'm so glad I found that support on uh, support groups. Um, and you know, out here in Boston, Massachusetts. So I would recommend like, you know, maybe talking to somebody who has the same symptoms or chronic illness, disability you may have, cause then it kind of, you don't feel like alone. Another thing that helped me is that I use a lot of hashtags on social media, like hashtag um, disability awareness, hashtag muscular dystrophy. And I met like a whole new range mm-hmm. of other people that have like MS, lupus. And it was just kind of nice to like, yeah, it sucks that we're dealing with that. But I'm like, they get it. They know yeah. what it's like, like waking up every day, not knowing what the mm-hmm. body's going to feel like having to deal with this. And so, you know, that's what helped me kind of come out of my shell and help me along with my journey. What do you want parents to teach their children about others with disabilities? I want like parents to teach them is like, you know, we're just like everyone else. Yeah, we may be a little different, whether in a wheelchair, using a walker or a cane, but we're just like everybody else. We're still human. We're not aliens. You know, we don't want you to like pat us on our back. Weird things like some people may just hand them money. You know, and it's like, we're just, we're just, we're human, you know? Yeah. Cause you see me in a wheelchair, but I'm still, uh, we're human. So just to kind of accept us and, you know, we're just like everybody else. We just may look a little different due to our disabilities, but you know, just treat us just like everybody else. What do you want people to know about muscular dystrophy? I want people to know muscular dystrophy. Like, as I mentioned, there's no treatment, there's no cure. This is a um, disease that can kind of seem like it comes on whenever, because I didn't have any symptoms when I was younger. I used to be able to walk up and down the stairs in college, four flights with my groceries, laundry. Same thing in high school. In high school, I was on the fifth floor. I used to be able to even play softball. So even looking back at that, like how I used to be able to run from base to base, it's just like, wow, you can really take your life for granted. You never know your body can change in an instance. That's another thing I like to tell people. You never know what's going on in your body. You can wake up tomorrow and boom, like, your legs can totally feel differently or you start to get these symptoms. So you kind of just never know what your body's dealing with. Muscular dystrophy is a disease that it deteriorates over time. You know, it does weaken. So like, as I said, like I went from standing from now being wheelchair bound, but you know, I'm still taking it day by day and trying to, trying to strive, continue with my business, keep motivated and inspired. 
and yeah, I'd see where life takes me. But of course, I'm still hoping for a cure. You know, that'll be awesome. Yeah. But, you know, I just don't, I don't know when that's going to happen. You are super busy and you're doing so much and you're going to rule the world and literally like help so. so many people. You're going to help so many people. What do you do for self-care since you're super busy? <laughs> um, self-care, I, I really want to go back and talk about the TV shows. That's honestly the truth. Like, and I think for me too, yeah. I, I have a tendency of like when I'm stressed or feeling down, I go online and shop. And that, that could be a downfall because I'm like, oh my God, I'm like maxing out my credit cards. <laughs> but it's like some kind of like satisfaction yeah. of like when I shop. Yeah. And then, you mm-hmm. know, when you're looking for something now, like they know all your business, you go on Facebook and they're like, oh, we seen you was looking for these shoes. And then right. I'm like, okay. Like, exactly. And then I'm like adding to cart. So it's like all that too, I feel like kind of releases stress, kind of satisfaction for me. But then watching TV shows that make me laugh. You know what I mean? Like watching like reality shows and that that kind of stuff. It just makes me laugh. Like just watching 90 Day Fiance, seeing like these couples and how they interact. And I'm like, this is so hilarious to me. So just watching entertainment, even like sometimes having like my PCAs make me laugh. You know, that just makes my day just more cheerful. So just like the little things like that, I would say is self-care. But also focusing on my business keeps me motivated yeah. and inspired as well. Now I want everybody to be able to find you. Can you tell them where they can find you? Sure. You can find me. Definitely check out my website, girlschronicallyrock.com. I am also on Instagram, girlschronically underscore rock. And you can also check out my um, nonprofit. I'm also on Instagram, GCR Adaptive Project. But yeah, check out my website. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, girlschronicallyrock, Facebook, girlschronicallyrock. So you can find me, reach out, send a message. I would love to hear from you. Great. Thank you so much, Keisha. I truly appreciate you bringing all these gems to us today. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) You have just listened to the Stay at Home Mom Yeah Right podcast with my mom. I hope you enjoy listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you liked it, please give it five stars. Thank you.